The Old Testament. You've heard that it's irrelevant. You've heard that it was superseded by the New Testament. You've heard that none of its laws and rituals are relevant today. But what if I told you that the Old Testament, properly understood, is the key to the New Testament, and that it reveals God's plan, his character, and his will to all of God's people today? First Fruits of Zion has a small group Bible study program designed to help you understand the first five books of the Bible on their own terms. It's called Torah Club, and we have the author, D. Thomas Lancaster, and the director of Torah Club, Damian Eisner, here to tell us all about it. Put your hand and mind together. We will walk in harmony. Let me introduce you to my teacher, the rabbi from the Galilee. You're listening to Messiah Podcast, where Jesus is Jewish and that changes everything. Messiah Podcast is a production of First Fruits of Zion. Well, welcome to Messiah Podcast. I'm Jacob Franzak, and I'm here with First Fruits of Zion's Director of Education, D. Thomas Lancaster, and the Director of Torah Club, Damian Eisner. What's up, you guys? What's happening? Hey, sorry I'm late. <laughs> I got that. I got that Eastern Time, Central Time thing mixed up again. Um, it gets me every time. Well, you know, no one would have known if you hadn't said anything. But I'm glad you're owning up to your to your. Well, uh, Damien was a, like a complete no show. That's <laughs> right. The other day. Today we're here to talk about Torah Club, and I realized that even by saying the words Torah Club for the uninitiated listener, we've already sort of jumped over the waterfall here. So I'm going to ask Damien to define what is Torah Club. And in your definition, please define the word Torah. And the reason I ask you to do that is because I once advertised a Torah study at a church I was a pastor at, I don't know, 10 years ago. And um, after the service, a guy came up, the janitor actually came up and he's like, I don't think you should be uh, studying the Quran in church. And I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> the guy has like all his Abrahamic religions mixed up, right? So um, for someone who, who doesn't know even what Torah is, can you can you give us a a short explanation of what is Torah Club, functionally speaking. I certainly can. That answer is very easy. Torah Club is an international, small group, Messianic Jewish Bible study. Okay, It interacts regularly with the Torah, which means the law. No, it actually doesn't. The Torah, the term Torah, means instruction. Functionally, yes, it represents the first five books of the Bible, mm -hmm. also known as the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It doesn't really have those names. They're much more beautiful in Hebrew, which they're actually, that's how we reference them, Bereshit mm -hmm. in the beginning and so on. The best way for me to express the way I see Torah and much of, of Judaism is it is sort of a marriage document between God and his people. It is an instruction manual for life. That's why God asks us to choose life and, and blessing rather than death and cursing. How do we do that? We follow Torah, his instruction, okay? And so that's a, that's a simple and more beautiful and appropriate definition of what Torah is. Okay. So it's a small group Bible study where you study the first five books of the Bible and you get to learn that they're a lot better than you maybe thought they were. Yes. At a minimum that. And there's there's <laughs> much more I can say about the club, but I think maybe the club aspect, but we'll probably talk about that as this podcast proceeds, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into to granular detail later on. Okay. But I thought before we moved forward, I would ask Daniel, who wrote Torah Club, because, you know, we're, we're, we're saying this is basically a small group Bible study curriculum. And, you know, I've been a lead pastor of a church before. And, you know, I've gotten the phone calls at my house where, you know, 15 million different small group curriculums are, are throwing themselves at me every waking and sleeping minute of every day, showing up at my church, trying to, to hawk their materials. So there's a lot of choices out there. What makes the content of Torah Club different from all the other small group Bible studies in the world, like in terms of its 
outlook or its hermeneutical principles. Okay, yeah, well, Torah Club, I think, is starting from a different place than any of those other Bible studies that are harassing you and, and <laughs> call, calling you. Uh, other Bible studies begin with a set of assumptions that goes something like this. The Bible is God's word. It has a personal message for every individual, for me, for you. So what we need to do is we need to open the Bible and decode how it applies to me and my life. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's assuming that the Bible is, you know, it's ultimately a, a manual or handbook for Christian living. And then, you know, taking that assumption and trying to make that assumption work. That's, that's the way most Bible studies mm-hmm. function. And along with that, we bring in then the premises of replacement theology, replacement theology, the theological idea that the New Testament has superseded and replaced the Old Testament and abrogated the law or made it irrelevant relegating the Old Testament and and the Torah to kind of like background information that's just sort of like the setup for the New Testament, right? Yeah, it's the deep lore. Right, the deep lore, the Silmarillion of uh, yeah. of the Bible, whereas uh, the New Testament is is the trilogy, the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, something something along those lines where Christianity has replaced Judaism, etc. And, and from that perspective, you're working backwards. Mm-hmm to interpret and understand God's word. And so that's how I would characterize most, you know, most Bible studies, most approaches. So Torah club begins from a different perspective, what I would call a Messianic Jewish perspective. And from the Torah club perspective, the Bible is God's revelation through his people, Israel, the Jewish people, not necessarily addressed to each and every individual on earth for every, in every circumstance. It's, yeah. There's a specific context, a cultural uh, context here, and, uh, it, there, and therefore it needs to be understood as Jewish literature and interpreted from a Jewish perspective. And it's assuming that the Bible then is primarily not about you, not about me, but about God's relationship with his people, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that as such, the Jewish people are the custodians of that revelation Mm. and holding the key to interpreting that revelation. So rather than seeing the Torah as the law being canceled, uh, Torah Club starts with the assumption that the Torah is the foundation of all the scriptures, all the way up through the New Testament, including the Gospels and the Epistles, and that all of the all of the scriptures are standing upon this foundation, like the Torah is the foundation of a house, and there's this beautiful house that's built on this strong foundation of the revelation that came through Moses in the first five books of of the Bible. But you know, you take away that foundation, and and the house uh, loses its structural integrity, right? Yeah. So, so other Bible studies. They're like beginning with uh, building the roof of the house first, mm. right? Rather than laying the foundation. Okay. I think another another thing that makes Torah Club different on a lighter note mm-hmm. is that other Bible studies usually have an ending. <laughs> like there's like, this is a 10-week study on finding God's purpose for your life or something like that, right? Yeah. Whereas Torah Club just keeps going because it's based on the annual synagogue reading cycle, which is happens every Shabbat. Every Shabbat, the synagogue trots out the Torah scroll and reads another passage of the Torah. And this just happened, just goes on and on and on and on and on year after year. And, and that's the way Torah club is. It's, uh, it's not a one and done. It's a cycle. It's an annual cycle that just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. It never stops. You never stop learning. So you've, you've heard Andy Stanley say this. I don't have to tell you this, but maybe some of our listeners aren't, um, aren't out there listening to this stuff. You know, Andy Stanley's out there saying, don't worry about the Old Testament, right? What do you say to these people like the, the, who are saying, oh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know, they'll even go so far as to say is, is yes, you know, the Torah, the first five, five books of the Bible, they were addressed to the Jewish people and they were very important and they did represent God's will at that time. But now, you know, for us today, we don't have to worry about it at all, right? And, 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 and I'm, there's a lot of people for whom that's a comforting thought. You know, I don't have to read through 20 chapters of building the tabernacle or whatever. 
but you're saying that all of this material, even the the narratively least exciting parts of the of the Old Testament, there are helpful. So, I guess I would I would push you to go a little bit further and say what is what is actually in there? What is actually in there in Genesis through Deuteronomy that's helpful for a disciple of Jesus? Okay, I would go. I'd push that a little further and say it's not just helpful; it's critical. Hmm. This is a critical aspect of God's revelation through the Bible. So if we're if we're talking about a biblical worldview, if we're talking about I want to live, you know, I'm a Bible believer and I want to understand the Bible and I want to live my faith according to the Bible, you can't skip this. This is not optional reading material. To start with, if the disciple of Jesus misunderstands Jesus, <laughs> You know, this is, if he misunderstands the teaching of, of Jesus, if the disciple of Jesus misunderstands the gospel message, if the disciple of Jesus misunderstands the uh, relationship between grace and law, I, I'm just throwing out some examples here mm -hmm. that make the Torah absolutely a critical foundation. Right. If that happens, you know, if, if we interface the Bible that way, he's this disciple is going to misunderstand his faith. He's going to misunderstand God's character, misunderstand grace, misunderstand uh, his or her obligations before God, ultimately uh, misunderstanding the meaning of salvation and, and Messiah himself. Yeah. So... What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? If the Bible really is God's word, if, if it's really God's word and it's God's revelation to Israel, well, then we need to understand it as such. And if we understand it as God's revelation to Israel, then we can approach it and say, okay, then how do the nations fit into this? Uh, what does this say to me as God's revelation through Israel? That I would say is, is the critical piece. But on the other hand, Yes. You know what? There's also every disciple of Jesus will find a ton of practical takeaways and new insights in Torah club into how to do life on a basic level. You know, it's because as, as Damien was saying, it's God's instructions. These are God's instructions. But I think the difference is, is that rather than looking into the Bible and saying, how do I make this relevant to me? I think Torah study forces us to turn that question around and, and ask, how do I make myself more relevant to the Bible? Yeah, and I think a piece that a lot of people are probably missing that you touched on there is the Torah as a sort of shared, for, for us it's an interpretive context, but for the people who were listening to Jesus talk while he was talking, you know, 2,000 years ago, the Torah was, was their cultural context. Like everybody knew the Torah, everybody assumed that it was good and right and correct and accurate. If you if you dive into the teachings of Jesus without that context, without a pretty solid understanding of the Torah and not just the Torah, but like how it was understood in that time. Yeah, and Judaism in general. Yep, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you're just I mean, you're you, you might as well read like Nostradamus. Like not not really, it's not really that bad. But it's like, oh, you can interpret this about a hundred different ways. It's very possible to come to the exact opposite conclusion. I think of how many times we see the teachings in the Sermon on the Mount just absolutely inverted mm -hmm. in contemporary teaching to mean the exact opposite of what Jesus was saying. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and Jesus, his disciples referred to him as rabbi, which... I mean, clearly means teacher, but what is a rabbi teaching? A rabbi is teaching Torah as a foundation. Now, the Torah and how to live and, and more than that. But just backing up to what you said about the tabernacle and Andy Stanley and things like that. First off, let me just throw in that I understand uh, that can become incredibly monotonous to someone who has no connection to it. So you have an option. You can say, this means nothing to me, or wow, God has spent a lot of time in his holy Bible laying out this process, not only once, but twice, because many of the details of the tabernacle are duplicated. So rather than saying, I'm going to avoid this completely, a better, a better suggestion, as Daniel said, how do I make myself more relevant is maybe I should actually understand this. And if you want to understand things like that, then you need to study the Bible from a Jewish perspective. 
there is 3,500 years of experience and teaching and knowledge surrounding Torah from the Jewish people. And when someone says, why would I follow the, the, the Jewish way of understanding something? Well, please also understand that that was the mission given to the Jewish people. Uh, when, we, when we hear the term chosen people, sometimes that has been the root of, of uh, anti-Semitism through the ages and that, that Jews think they're better than everyone else and different crazy things like that. But the calling of God to, to the chosen people was to be a light to the nations, to teach them how to live life properly. And please recall that Jesus as a rabbi, yes, he was teaching and living Torah perfectly. He was celebrating Jewish festivals, most of which they're God's festivals, but they've been the Jewish people have been the custodian of those. Most people have virtually no idea about the festivals. He's honoring the Jewish Sabbath, which is God's Sabbath. He's interacting as a friend in many circumstances with Pharisees and the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. He's teaching people to love God and love people, which is, is in and of itself Torah. So when a disciple asks, what does this have to do with me? Everything it has to do with you. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you you must and and need to study and understand these things. Yeah, it reminds me of a conversation I had on Facebook, which I don't even go on anymore because it's just terrible. I was recommending to a friend a Jewish uh, a commentary from a Jewish perspective, and one of his friends that wasn't my friend commented after me and was like, "Oh, we want God's opinion, not the Jews." And I just thought, oh, man, like this is what happens when you decide that the context isn't important and that like all of God's dealings with the Jewish people are done and don't matter anymore. Like you just. Yeah. And just like Justin Martyr says in, in the second century, when he's arguing with Trifo, the Jew in, in his dialogue with Trifo, he says, the scriptures are not yours. They are ours. <laughs> he says, he says, meaning, meaning that the Bible belongs, that the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Tanakh belong now to Christian identity, no longer, no longer belong to the Jewish people. But even like, like Damien was saying, even the festivals, you know, Yes, they are the festivals of the Lord, but in the Torah, he gives those festivals to Israel to proclaim. So they're given into, into the hands of the nation as their, like the word you used, Damien, was a, a custodian over the festivals. They're, in, in other words, the calendar, the biblical calendar itself that the whole Bible is functioning by is determined by the Jewish people mm -hmm. because he handed the keys to the car, so to speak, over to Israel. Yeah. Yeah, and if yeah, it's precious few uh, people get that, which is one of the things that makes Torah Club such a unique take on the Torah. Like it is, it's unapologetically from a Jewish perspective. It's a Messianic Jewish perspective. So you know, Yeshua is in there, Jesus is in there, um, and it's accessible for people who are not Jewish. But it is saying like, oh, here is the standard Jewish view of what the passage means, which is, you know, as close as we can get to the the view that Jesus himself would have had and the apostles had, because they're all, they're, they're all observant Jews, you know, they're, that's their religion, that's their context. I'm happy to say, I think that that precious few that you mentioned, there is a beautiful stirring of the waters that's going on. Mm. Just thankfully, I would also say Torah Club has had a large degree of impact for many people who have the the questions about why why don't why don't I know these things you know why why haven't I been taught these things so the precious few yes through the ages it has been it's been a small number but thankfully uh, with God's help there are more and more people seeing the Bible through this perspective yeah yeah well and even in the academic world it's for a long time some kind of literal historical interpretation of a text was passe. But once once people started realizing that that was a, actually a really good starting point, um, you, you, you have started to see over the past 50 years or so people saying like, okay, we need to read this as Jewish literature. Um, and that's very refreshing. It is, yeah, and you're right, it is growing. Yeah, S slowly, but growing. So Torah Club, Dan mentioned that, that it follows... A, a specific cycle, which is the first five books of the Bible are read in sequence every year. So you start every fall, you start in Genesis, and then you end up, you know, the next year finishing Deuteronomy, and then you just start again. 
So where does this idea come from and why is it a good idea? Oh, well, the annual reading cycle is is quite an ancient idea developed by the sages of Israel over quite some period of time. And and it's not always been this way. There there is was even a 3-year cycle, but in mainstream Judaism for a long long time, the Torah has been read now in an annual cycle. And so yeah, we 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 started over every year as a matter of fact. I'm not exactly sure when this podcast will play, but we're coming to that season. It happens in the in the fall and we celebrate that with fanfare and celebration and dancing with the Torah and the reason for that is because we continue to learn something new and insightful even from reading the same things over and over and over again and so the Torah is divided into weekly portions and individuals and communities study the entire Torah systematically So no part of the text is overlooked. You have a from beginning to end perspective on the whole story of Israel, starting even with creation through Adam and then all the way into the end of of Moses' song as Israel is preparing to go into the land. And again, realizing for the disciple of Yeshua that, that this is the foundation of of Jesus teaching so the consistency the regularity of that reading cycle keeps a consistent connection the community is engaged cyclical learning you know that idea of everyone probably has on their shelf a read the bible in one year copy of the bible you know well bottom line that's a jewish idea it's an ancient idea and it's a very very good idea so we we do that. I like the idea that you can't um, pick, you can't be picky choosy, you know? Yeah. You can't just uh, have your favorite. I mean, uh, this is another, uh, I, I almost hate to bring him up again, but he's so uh, popular. Andy Stanley says, um, all scripture is equally inspired, but it's not all equally helpful. For the, the specific thing he's trying to do, that's kind of true. But at the same time, like if you never move past the most easy to understand and the most, you know, Paul, Paul just whacking you over the head with a tennis racket you know um if you if you never get past those sort of very easy um concepts you are sort of de-equipping yourself to continue on into like the 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 deep wisdom of god right 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 even the deep wisdom of paul i mean let's let's be honest here yeah yeah, for sure. Every church every sunday is saying you know paul says this paul says that and really was he? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Paul yeah. was saying? You know, because without this foundation, without a Jewish reading of Paul, Paul is a brilliant rabbi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's Paul, Paul sat under Gamliel, which is, we know from the Talmud is one of the most famous rabbis of the first century. And Paul was, you know, he was Sanhedrin material and he's writing at a, at a caliber and a level that requires actual Jewish scholarship to understand. So I mean, yeah, Paul hitting you over the head with a tennis racket. I like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes it's a swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few things. Like, there are some things that, well, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I think of like that verse in Ephesians that says, don't say anything unless it's helpful, like an edifying for the building up of the saints. It's like, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. That's 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 good solid advice yeah yeah i'll sh- i'll be quiet now it's hard to no 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 no. i was just saying it's like it's hard it's hard to misinterpret that i'm sure someone has but like you you are correct whenever paul gets into the topics he's really trying to talk about which is like um gentile inclusion and and gentile identity amongst the disciples and jewish identity amongst the disciples all of that is just absolutely made into hash if you don't get the context mm-hmm. I, I could probably, I, in fact, I have done an entire sermon series on that on the verse of don't don't say anything unless it's helpful. So you know you can squeeze some of the drippings out of out of the New Testament without having a great idea of the context. But there is a real danger that um, not only are you going to miss a lot, but you're going to get a lot wrong as well. Yeah. But just to, just to throw a bone to the people picking the easy verses to interpret, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of easy uh, easy pickings there. Sure. 
So um, Torah Club, we do the same thing every year in the sense that we follow the the reading cycle, the traditional Jewish reading cycle. Although if you stick around long enough, you will find that we sometimes we'll take a year and we'll, we'll do some New Testament. We love the New Testament here at First Fruit Design. But um, yeah, just just to throw in, we did two years of Torah Club on Jesus, my rabbi. Yeah, okay. yeah, and yeah, and there are other New Testament apostolic. There's a Torah Club commentary called Chronicles of the Apostles, and so we certainly are a Messianic Jewish teaching organization. But ultimately, the foundation, the the beautiful house, as Daniel described it, is built on the Torah. Yeah, yeah. So we try to we try we try to major on that because that I mean for, for many reasons, among which is the fact that 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 tends to be where we're lacking at this time and place in 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 church history. Mm-hmm. So despite that, though, we I mean we say we go through the Torah every year, but that doesn't mean we do the same material every year, or that's the same exact like study guide every year, or the same pamphlet, or the same like no. uh, take right because there's a whole lot there. Right. Yeah. So last year. Uh, the year that's just ending now as we're recording this was the beginning of wisdom. So we, we it was sort of a mystical journey through the Torah, looking at what the Torah has to say about the, the mission of the soul as it sojourns in this physical body through the world and incredible like spiritual elevation that comes from seeking and finding God in this world of concealment where it looks like um, everything's physical and, and we can't really see or, tangibly the spiritual consequences of our actions and so forth and that was you know that was wild and really good and really deep and and actually very applicable it was a really nice marriage between mysticism and and practicality now this year we are unrolling the scroll back from deuteronomy to genesis and this year's track through torah club is called unrolling the scroll (laughs) and this is one we've done before and it's sort of backed by popular demand. And maybe Dan, since you wrote it, you can tell us sort of what it is and why we're why we're going back to unrolling the scroll. Okay. Yeah. This is uh by the time this podcast airs, I know that we will already the new cycle will have already started with Genesis one one and we'll be into those early chapters of Genesis. But people shouldn't take that as any sort of like, well, I don't want to start now because it's already started. That's not the way the Torah mm-hmm. study works. You, you start anywhere at any point. You just dive right in there. Nevertheless, unrolling the scroll is uh, what we would consider our intro track, an on-ramp into in-depth Torah study. So we created this particular commentary, this particular year of study, uh, called Unrolling the Scroll, because we needed an entry-level introduction to Torah, a Torah 101, you could call it, for everyone, uh, th- that type of course. Whereas other tracks of other years when we, we study through are the commentaries written specifically to Messianic Jewish students and Messianic Gentile students who already are assuming this perspective, already familiar with the Jewish worldview, Jewish theology, Messianic Jewish modes of interpretation, and and uh, and all of the the jargon and terminology and such that goes along with it. Unrolling the scroll is a little different because it assumes a novice into this field of study. You know, it maybe think of someone with some degree of familiarity with the Bible uh, from a more mainstream Christian perspective, though. So in writing it, I drew on my own perspective as the son of an evangelical pastor growing up in an evangelical Christian family and just sort of took that set of assumptions that I grew up with and looked at the text and looked uh, looked at the study through those eyes and tried to keep it centered there saying what what information was i missing what did i need to learn what what would i need to understand to really access this text well i'll i i will add something to to what the author of torah club said because he 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 wrote it so he's the guy who knows the most about it i would use a different word i would use the word approachable an approachable track an approachable on ramp to torah because people might think well you know what I, I've read the creation story, and I know how Moses went up on the mountain, and you know the tabernacle. So I'm, I'm, I, I know the Torah. I don't need anything. I don't need anything introductory. I'm with it. No, I've heard testimony upon testimony about the depth that people 
discovered within unrolling the scroll so yes it has some very approachable content for people who may not have spent years studying the torah and i would first off this is a compliment to daniel because he has done an amazing job here of creating both approachability and depth depth of discovery here for people who are who are just you know, finding out the the beauty of what's going on in in the Old Testament, that good Old Testament. So, all of you out there listening, if you've uh, always been a little frustrated with the Old Testament, if you have one of those Bibles that you can read through the whole Bible in a year and you gave up somewhere there in Leviticus, this is your chance. This is an approachable study of the first five books of the Bible. And you can finally be like, oh, okay, that's why this is in there. And this is what it means. And here's, here's how it helps me with the New Testament. And here's how it, yeah, uh, here's why I need to know this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this particular study track is really loaded with personal applications. Like you would expect from a more conventional Bible study of how does the Bible apply to me? Yeah, right. So we, we really pursue that. And you know what? I also added a lot of personal anecdotes from growing up in an evangelical family, you know, from my my own, my father's stories that he would tell, mm. his life journey. Uh, so there's a lot of like real people, real faith application type stories to encourage people in their walk of discipleship as they integrate some of these concepts. Fantastic. So we've been talking about the content. You could call it a curriculum, a, a small group Bible study curriculum, but we actually do a little bit more than that here at First Fruit Design. We don't just sell you a product and then set you free. I mean, we do with some of the other stuff that we make, but not with Torah Club. With Torah Club, uh, there's an element of of help that we bring to the table with um, some oversight, some accountability, some resourcing. And Damien, I think, is in charge of that whole uh, franchise there. So maybe Damien, if you want to tell us about Torah Club a little bit from an organizational perspective and what we offer to groups and leaders and so forth. Sure, I will do that briefly so as not to bore everyone, but it's incredibly important because first off, an organization is only as good or a company is only as good as those who are leading it. And so First Roots of Zion has been in this world for 30 plus years. We hold our staff, uh, this world of Messianic, we, we've been in this world longer, but in the world of Messianic Jewish teaching. You walked with the dinosaurs, didn't you, Damien? <laughs> right. Enoch and, and I. Uh, we, we, our staff is held to a very high standard, and I think that for uh, everyone who engages with our resources, our studies, our conferences, our books, it's obvious. We value excellence. But that carries over 100% into Torah Club. The materials, of course, I'm talking about the weekly lesson books, talking about the weekly teaching videos that support every club meeting we have a private social media network called Clubhub that we've created for Torah Club members to interact with the material. Uh, even outside of their, their weekly meeting, we mentioned that that Torah cycle, that's one of the fantastic things about Torah Club. The thousands of students who are studying Torah Club together are all on the same week and doing the same material. And so they're having these discussions with other like-minded disciples. But the main point of excellence that I'm referring to is all of those things, and then a reference to our Torah Club leaders, because these people are an extension, men and women, an extension of the First Roots of Zion teaching mission. We take this very, very seriously. They are all, every Torah Club leader, every Torah Club that you would interact with, that leader has been interviewed by a trusted member of the Torah Club community. Um, who approve them as a leader and will later serve as a mentor for this. There's a, a regional leadership network that supports our Torah Club leaders. Our First Roots of Zion, the Torah Club support team, is there to offer uh, ongoing training in leadership and support. Uh, we are all engaged with the, with the kingdom work that Torah Club represents, and we expect all of those leaders to do the same thing. So leadership training, lead, what we call leadership roundtables. We have a, a conference for Torah Club leaders and First Roots of Zion friends. It's called Malchut. I mean, it's just we, we have given all we have to make Torah Club 
the world's best Bible study. Daniel, you wrote this material and um, there's a lot of it and it must have taken you a really long time. And certainly in your mind, you're envisioning a goal. Like you, you want people to read this and come away from it having been changed. And might I suggest that lots of people would go through it and that the world would be changed. But can you tell me specifically what can people hope to get out of this? How is this going to contribute to, toward the repair of the world and, and just making everything better? I don't know. Maybe I just feel like a little bit despondent today and every day that I, that I open my computer and read the news about anything. And I want to know how unrolling the scroll is going to make the world a better place one disciple at a time. Can you tell me that? Yeah, I think you. that's, that's well well worth the time to to discuss a little bit that is my idea for unrolling the scroll was how do i reach the the normal person the average person who isn't like a bible nerd mm -hmm. you know who has maybe some limited biblical literacy but but it doesn't necessarily know his uh first chronicles from his first corinthians you know so um yeah i i tried to imagine communicating with such a person as i was writing it and with the idea that I want people to really have an encounter with a God who cares, mm. the God, the God who speaks, the God who cares, the God who reveals himself, the God who is involved in our lives uh, in, in a real way. And I hope that people emerge then with a solid biblical worldview and a sense of solid identity as a people set apart for God, like Israel. Along with Israel, not in, not replacing Israel, but a people that we are in this world that we read about in the news, but not of this world that we read about in the news. Yeah, and and I also I want people to find encouragement to to know that God is real, that He's involved with our lives, and He's brought us into this grand story of His relationship with His people, uh, with with His people Israel, and and I think that. Through this year of study, Jewish believers will discover, will rediscover their heritage as Jewish people and Gentile disciples will also will discover their own previously untapped inheritance in the legacy of Israel as fellow heirs of the kingdom and of the, the covenants of promise, to, to use Paul's language. Mm. Another thing that I wanted to I specifically intentionally wrote into this material it was all these anecdotal stories of of my father and his life and his experiences and and things that he would say and such as an evangelical pastor not so much because I felt like well he's he's the paragon of wisdom here or something like that but what what I felt was missing in so many of these contexts is fathers just fathers in general mm. At one point, Paul says, you have, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. And I felt like this is what we need. This is what we need in the Messianic Jewish movement. This is what we need in, in, in society as general. This is certainly what we need in, in the church. We need fathers. And so I wanted to convey this sense of God as father, mm. as, as a loving father. As, I guess that's an underlying theme that runs through this year of Torah study as well. Nicely done. So Damien, you get to talk to Torah Cub leaders one-on-one -on -one and mentors and you know people who are sort of on the front lines of this thing. Inspire us with some tales from the trenches. Tell us, tell us about how people's lives are being changed from being part of Torah Club. That would take the podcast to go into the to the deep specifics. But a great highlight for me back in 2018 when Torah Club kicked off and I did the first Torah Club leader interview that I did, the first approved Torah Club was in Germany. Wow. Okay. Which the irony, if we can use that term, of a Messianic Jewish Bible study kicking off in, in Germany is... We'll call it tikkun, right? Yeah, we're correct, repairing repair, the things right. that were broken. And and honestly, to, to be able to tell you the stories, I, there are so many, the amazing people, the impact, families, communities that have been built from Torah clubs. I'm not talking about churches or synagogues. I'm talking about 
you know, people who did not know one another, who came together to begin studying and have been doing that for years through Torah Club and the relationships. And, and yeah, we started in Germany, but we've gone all over the place now. There's a J Japan is starting its first Torah Club this year. We have clubs in Indonesia, throughout Europe, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, South America, and a bunch of them in the United States. And so I, I would encourage any of our listeners to go to TorahClub.org. There's a little easily accessible click there that says our community look at the clubs and look at the diversity and look at the smiles i get emails we see things posted on clubhub of just the the depth of connection that people have made with god and with yeshua through their involvement in torah club nice it, it reminds me, although this is not what Paul was talking about, you know, he says, now we see through a, a glass darkly and then face to face. You know, that's still true. We still see at best through a glass darkly. But um, without understanding the Torah and, and the Bible from a Jewish perspective, it's much worse than seeing through a glass darkly. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. you know, you're looking at reflections in a cave somewhere. And uh, there really is a whole like, oh my gosh, I get it now moment when, Yes. Uh, you start actually figuring out what this stuff means. Absolutely. So let's say someone wants to uh, join a Torah club right now. How do they do that? That is a very easy process. Go to TorahClub.org and visit the recently redesigned and amazing website that we just released earlier this summer. Well, let me make one very, very important point. TorahClub.org, not TorahClub.com. There's something else there that we are in no way affiliated with. Let the listener understand, as Yeshua said. But TorahClub.org, and you can search for a club using a tool we have called the Club Finder there. Put your zip code or your city in, and you will find out if there are any local in-person clubs around you. This year, we will also be offering online Torah clubs. We favor in-person. This is a, the, the day and age where we need face-to-face -face interaction, but we also recognize that there are not Torah clubs yet in every city around the world, so we have some online options there as well. So TorahClub.org, go and join a club. Use the club finder to find a club in your area. Reach out to the leader. They'll get in touch with you, and it can all happen very, very quickly. Yeah, and depending on where you are, that might be easier. If you're listening in Texas or Tennessee, you know, and you're in your car, you've probably driven by three Torah clubs in the past 15 minutes. <laughs> right. Texas, for sure. If someone's out there, you know, in a location, and, and this thing is worldwide, so you might be surprised, but maybe you're out there and there just isn't a Torah club near you and you want to do the in-person thing. Damien, can someone just go start their own Torah club? They can do that as well. So at, again, at TorahClub.org, you can go and start a club and go through that process that I talked to you about with our leaders and becoming a Torah Club leader. And we get to meet you and just kind of hear a bit about your story. And before you do that, if you'd like more information, just go to TorahClub.org and click how it works. You'll see sample material there, portion connections videos that I previously mentioned. And that is an easy part of the process of starting a Torah club. I would also at this point mention that First Roots of Zion also just re-released an updated, marvelous new version of Hayasod, which is mm -hmm. our 10 lesson uh, foundations. That's what Hayasod means in Hebrew, the foundation. It's a incredible starting point for someone who is interested and curious and, and just may not be able to say, I want to take the plunge and start a club, a start a Torah club for a year. You might do a Hayasod class with some friends or family or people and 
just kind of whet the appetite there. We have a lot of high isode classes that are going on in churches. Many of these people then sort of move directly into the experience of Torah club. So there's a lot. My point is there's a lot to take in through ffoz.org and high isode. You can find that there, but especially closest to my heart is Torah club. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would say Torah club is sort of our our on-ramp for people who have a year and high isode is a good on-ramp if you have two or three months. And they work together very, very well. You'll yeah. find that when when many people complete high isode and their eyes are like as big as saucers asking questions about why have I never known this? This is absolutely amazing. The question is, what's next? And the easy answer to that, especially with unrolling the scroll as a track, yeah. is Torah Club. That's what's next. And you jump into this to this ocean, this endless ocean of the knowledge of God, wherever it is. As Daniel previously said, you may not be doing that at the beginning of the Torah cycle. It doesn't matter. You just get started where you want to, and your Torah club membership is for, for a year. Fantastic. Yeah, you can jump in. You can jump in anytime. You don't have to wait till next fall, or if you're there in the Southern Hemisphere next spring, <laughs> you don't have to wait till the beginning of the cycle. You can You can sign up anytime and jump in and you will get caught up to speed uh, very quickly. So yeah. before we let you go, Damien, I thought I would give you the chance to give me the elevator pitch. Let's say I'm in church. I've been in church for a while. I think I've got sort of the idea here, the general idea, but I want to go, I want to dive in. I want to see what this thing is all about. Uh, I want to really sink my teeth into it and get my hands around it. And I don't feel like I'm quite getting that where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Sell me, mm-hmm. sell me Torah Club in like 30 seconds. Okay. What What does he mean when he says, "Don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them." For I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. And people say, "Well, I th- I thought that did happen. Like he fulfilled it, and it's all passed away." Jesus. Jesus did that. But then they read the Bible and they say, but wait a minute, Jesus did this, like he was in the synagogue on Saturday or or celebrating this festival. Why don't we do that? Or Jesus didn't do this and we do. Why do we do that? And so in today's upside down world, people are reading their Bibles. They're asking questions, sincere questions, deep, even controversial questions, and they want answers. And many of those answers are found when we study the scriptures through a Jewish lens, in a Jewish context, in Jewish history, and we really dig in and discuss what is revealed. And so Torah Club helps disciples who are looking for more in their relationship with God and his word and understanding Yeshua. Torah Club helps you find, for many people, what is missing. Fantastic. And we're going to give. Was that thirty seconds? We're, we're not going to. We're not. Well, we'll have our producer uh, check on that. Okay. I good. wasn't. I wasn't timing it. You know, I have one of these watches that it's got the, the thing that goes around and around. It doesn't have the numbers. Oh, I see. Yeah. I would have had to have been watching. You know. Okay. But um. But instead, you were enthralled by my answer, saying, "I've got to join a Torah club immediately." That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was so inspired. I was starting to. I was starting to get like kind of worked up <laughs> well, here myself. Well, that's. It's nice to hear you say that because you're you're up next. We want your elevator pitch too because you're the guy who wrote um, all this material. Oh, you know, some things don't fit in an elevator, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's true. Okay. However, okay. Here we go. A life without purpose is pointless. And a life with without values has no value. I, I thought of that. You wrote that yourself, huh? That's time. pretty good. So I wrote that myself. <laughs> In an elevator. <laughs> oh man. Here's the here's what I mean. Uh the church has lost the point and our modern culture has lost its values. So hmm. and, and you know what? That's also true in the synagogue world. What's needed for God's people is a return to the foundation, a return to God's law, God's revelation, God's instruction in the Bible, the moral absolutes of God's word. And Torah Club, unrolling the scroll specifically, opens the Bible up for you and says, 
V'zot ha-Torah. This is the Torah. This is God's revelation. Here's what God wants you to know. These are the ancient paths. Walk in them. And when studied in the weekly discipline of learning together with other disciples, which is so important, uh, that this is a community thing and growing together as a community, Torah Club Unrolling the Scroll specifically shows us how God's word works and what it means and and how all of that fits together and how it really does offer us a light to our path and a lamp to our feet as we're making our way out of the cave. Fantastic. Well, you heard them. Get out there and sign yourself up for Torah Club. And thank you so much to Daniel and Damien for joining us today on Messiah Podcast. And I pray that God continues to bless your efforts to educate, inform, and equip God's people on the path of discipleship. Amen. Thank you. May I add one quick thing and say, tis the season. Hmm. Tis the season, as we have mentioned over over the course of the podcast. Right now is the time when the new cycle of Torah Club is kicking off. So if you're hearing this podcast, you don't have to think about it for a long time. You can go and check it out, and you can look at the the materials, and you can reach out to somebody and find out about joining a club. And guess what? You can even try out Torah Club and participate in that Torah Club for a period of time before you become an actual member. We allow you to do that for a couple of weeks to get a taste of how things are. And I'm quite confident that you will find great value there. So go ahead and if this is podcast is speaking to you, then make the move, take the step. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. The best time to sign up for Torah Club was six years ago, but the second best time is right now. That's it. Thanks for joining us today on Messiah Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the Jewish Jesus, check out First Fruits of Zion at ffoz.org. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Messiah Podcast is made possible by the generosity of our First Fruits of Zion friends. FFOZ friends are people like you who support our mission and get loads of exclusive Bible commentary, teaching, and content. You can join today at ffoz.org. Tune in next time for more great conversations. Until then, I'm Jacob Franzak. Shalom. Like the waters cover the sea